One of the things that I learned early on at my career at Domino's, because this is an incredibly fast-paced business with lots of information and lots of constant change, we frustrated our end users by providing them with all of that information and constant change. It was our job to filter that, that and using those tools to not share everything, but share the important things on the right tools uh, and push the important things in the right tools. And I think that's going to be a uh, important part of the strategy for every communicator always is, is figuring out the best way to do that for their organization. In this episode of Digital Workplace Impact, you'll have a chance to meet Stacy Barrett, Director of Internal Communications at Domino's. On paper, she's responsible for digital and in-person communications to franchisees and corporate team members around the world. She specializes in integrating messages from all areas of the company into simple, coherent, and digestible communications across digital channels and events. To chat with her, you'll immediately know that she is an exceptional digital workplace practitioner. This ballerina turned corporate performer is a passionate storyteller and an inspiring leader. In conversation with us, you will see why OFC named Stacy a culture and communications rock star. She is both passionate and confident. She's a lifelong learner and has a proven recipe for success that's grounded in purpose, empathy, active listening, humor, and impact. Oh, and she's not afraid to throw in a free pizza to bring you along for the ride. This is your host, Nancy Goble, in conversation with Stacey Barrett. Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by Digital Workplace Group. And as always, happy listening. So Stacy, I am just thrilled to have a chance to catch up with you over the next 35 or 40 minutes after having had the pleasure of seeing you in action at a conference late last year. Thank you for taking the time to come into the Digital Workplace Impact Podcast Studio today. It's my pleasure. And so I know that it's always important for us to set a little bit of context when we start a conversation. So we've already talked about the fact that we met not long ago, but I have to tell you, in hearing your story, I was very intrigued to learn more and to share that story with others in and around DWG's circles. And so I thought maybe we could start with a little bit of history around your career and your current role at Domino's. Can you tell us how you got your start as an internal communications professional? Well, I got my start actually on accident as, uh, often happens with careers. I have a business degree and was following that track. And I had an opportunity to work on a cross-functional team. And a leader noticed my ability to communicate in that, in that, uh, as a part of that project. And as a result, I ended up moving over to the communications team. I grew in my role there and grabbed investor relations and public relations and internal comm. And eventually, I ended up following that leader over to uh, Domino's. So I have had a 
a long time now, of, uh, or uh, we're getting close to saying two decades of, of experience in the communications world, and I've enjoyed the ride. Well, I feel like we're kindred spirits already because I know my career came about because of lots of serendipitous moments, and and we'll have a chance to catch up about that another time. But um, if you weren't doing this, is there sort of an alternate career that, that you think you would have pursued? You know, I think that if I wasn't doing this, I'd be taking... Uh, my uh, business skills during the daytime, but continuing my creative skills in the evening and doing things with the performing arts, which is something that I did uh, throughout uh, high school and, and growing up. I actually a trained ballerina. That's my fun fact. And so I'd probably be taking some of that that skill and using that to, to tell stories in a, in a creative platform. Luckily, I get to use it, use that storytelling and that creative art background in my job today. And so I get to use that muscle as we tell stories on all these different platforms. Art imitating work life then. That's right. (laughs) And I know from just our early interactions that you are quite the passionate communicator who believes that great communication connects people to not only the mission of an organization, but but also creates leaders who will drive the business forward. And I'm curious to know how you landed on such an ambitious purpose statement. <laughs> well, it works. I've watched powerful communication make really great things happen. I've been on multiple projects where we started and thought we were going to be doing the impossible or pushing a rock up a mountain. And by charging people up, showing people what's possible, we were able to achieve great things. And I have to say, that's one of the many reasons I was drawn into having this conversation with you. We just announced our 2023 research program to our members, and it'll be rippling out very shortly. And one of the focus areas for this year is around impact and telling the impact story. And that's something that you do very naturally in your day-to-day and know that that will come to life very much as part of this discussion. And in fact, you're someone who was named among OFC's rock stars of culture and communication. So that's quite an impact story in and of itself. So what does it take to be a rock star practitioner? I think it takes a mindset of growth where you are constantly learning, constantly trying new things, and then sharing what worked and also what didn't work to help others grow. That is one of my constant goals, continuous growth, and also taking the time to share those lessons learned with others. 
And I have to say, when you think about the industry that we're in, you know, I think about things in the broader digital workplace landscape and a, a big piece of internal communications is through different forms of digital communications today. So that's mm -hmm. our, our glue here. And whether it's the technology, the factors all around us, change is constant. And so in order to approach things much like you would as an athlete or a performer, you have to survey the landscape around you and think about your audience and then, you know, be a student of your craft, an eternal student of your craft. Um, because without that, your muscles atrophy and, and you can't perform. You don't have the stamina and, and the vision to carry forward. So I can see now the, the whole connection between your worlds, your passion as as well passion in life as well as passion in the work world shall we say uh -huh. let's talk a little bit about what you're up to day to day just as a framing point internal communications play such an important role in the digital headquarters of organizations like Domino's. And you talk about the importance of digital communications channels in shaping both the culture and the employee experience as a whole. So let's start there. Well, Domino's is a large global organization. We're also franchised, which means that we are, as a part of our internal communications efforts, really doing a little bit of marketing and sales to our franchisees as well so that they can buy into new things that are happening at Domino's. So one of the things that is pivotal to reaching all of these different people all around the globe is technology. We couldn't connect with without it. And particularly, of course, over the last few years through the pandemic, technology made everything possible as, as is true for, for most organizations. But before and today, we are still using technology for the day-to-day -day connections, for hybrid meetings, to push technology, push that storytelling out to everyone, to make sure that everyone across the brand is connected to what the brand's purpose is. You can use your technology to communicate your culture, to connect people, even to things that you're doing in purpose, to things that you're doing in, in person, so that you're connecting people to your purpose and pushing out messages, whether you're pushing out updates via emails or Teams, or you're having two-way conversations on your platforms, providing news or information, recognizing, rewarding people. All of that is done through the technology that we are so grateful to have so that we can make this gigantic brand feel smaller and closer and more connected. And when we met last year, one of the things you did so eloquently was share some insights about the how, how to connect team members to the brand, no matter where they work. Can you share a few highlights around this? 
it's really important for you to understand who your audience is. So for us at Domino's, we've got lots of different audiences. As I mentioned, we've got our franchisees, uh, these fantastic men and women across the globe who 95% of which started their jobs in an entry-level position in the, in the store who come up in the system and are really passionate about the brand and connecting to them to busy, busy people uh, using some of this technology when they're spending, you know, 15 minutes to an hour a week or so just sitting and processing information at a computer, not a desk job per se for many people until they get into become a larger franchisee. Then we've got our supply chain centers team members who are delivering dough to the stores, who are packaging up boxes at our warehouse and making sure each store gets the correct information. So they're desk, we've got a large percentage of people at our supply chain centers that are deskless. And we've got store team members in our corporate stores who are obviously on their feet making and delivering pizza and all of them need to be connected to, to the brand. So obviously, when I'm talking to that audience, I'm having a very different experience and approach with our technology solutions than I am with our office team members. We've got our office team members who are coming into the building. We've got a collection of folks who are more virtual, and each audience has different experiences, and we've got to take different approaches to that. But for all of them, we start with the why, and the and the and the why is where we begin all of our storytelling. So it's about having the right message. It's also recognizing when we're going to be using technology to direct, to speak directly with an individual, or we're going to be using the technology to speak with someone who is then going to then be responsible for sharing that message with others. So for us, it's finding the right vehicle for each audience and then also being really conscious and thoughtful about the information that we're giving to our franchisees or managers who are leading people who don't have the same level of access to some of the technology so that they can tell the story in a real and purposeful way. Well, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> but we're going to add another layer. And the layer is coming back to the idea of the impact story. And so share with us the impact of the work that you and your team have achieved, especially with the hybrid context in mind. Can you share a few uh, you know, big ticket impact statements or accomplishments from the last 12, 18 months Sure. Yes, it's been a uh, a wild ride for a lot of us as we are trying to get back into the office, especially for our corporate team members. And we have taken a very thoughtful, slow approach to how we transition back into somewhat into this new normal that we're all living in. And I think what we sometimes forget just as internal communicators across the globe as we're making this transition back and as I'm watching news stories as people are asking and large brands are asking people to come back to the office that this is change management just as it was incredibly difficult to get people 
comfortable working from home 100% of the time, it's a big change to come back into the office. And I think we forgot how hard it was to make that switch and expected it to be much easier to come back. And it's still that same change management. And for us, we had a couple of runs and starts with coming back to the office due to the different variants as we as as we all saw, but we in the last year have made really built back some of our culture. For us, it is for the majority of our office-based team members, it's three days a week in the office. We started with an approach where we were looking at the moments that matter and what we found and had really an open approach to that. And what we found was that you would come into the office and no one was there. So why? <laughs> it didn't. It didn't feel good. So by having the, us all coming in and the same days, that's made a really meaningful difference. And then we can make the time in the office count. That said, we still have a large population that is not either not based here or has a role that allows them to spend even more time at at home. So that technology is still super important. We have used town halls over the last three years to really bring everyone together and connect. And those started off 100% virtual. And then we brought them back in hybrid so that we can get the whole system together, talking, listening, learning together. And having that cultural moment, no matter where you sit in the organization, that's been super important. And making meaningful events and sharing those events back out through all of our technology tools so that people can feel culture. So a little thing, before we begin our town halls, we've got the camera showing a really wide shot of people walking around and they can see the CEO chatting to someone. They can see people walking back and forth and they can see the pre-show slideshow that everyone sees with cultural moments that are happening in person. And I've heard from a number of people that just that shot helps them feel more connected so that my, my colleague who sits in Amsterdam has felt like they've been in the building and, just this week, we had in some of our fantastic field team members and who some of whom I hadn't seen in person yet, but we felt connected because we've been able to use this technology to communicate and, and share stories and have that culture, cultural moments, uh, no matter where people sat. And I have to say, you know, if there's one key thing we've seen coming out of the pandemic is that there's a level of authenticity that's become part of the new normal in so many organizations, including yours. And that vignette that you described is truly unscripted and a moment of authenticity because you're just feeling that that pre-session swirl of energy mm-hmm. and conversations and allowing people to have a mindset shift and a transition in space all at the same time. Because especially when you think of staff, corporate staff in particular, often these are individuals who are running from 
meeting to meeting, sometimes double booked. And so <laughs> that transition in headspaces is equally important as the moment lights on during the town hall as well. Right. Very true. It It's the little things that help people feel like they're there that have more meaning than you'd think. Have we covered what you think are some of the most salient impact stories? Have we missed anything? I think it's really important if you're making the business decision to bring people back into the office to make sure that you're making those moments count, that you are easing people in. The other thing that I would recommend is free food. I might <laughs> recommend you having pizza. It's highly, highly popular. Uh, but, 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 uh, but, but that's been important because you want to make sure that you don't bring people into the office to sit at their computer and have virtual meetings. And you've also got to understand that people are very used to sitting at their computer and having virtual meetings. So even building back the muscle of booking a room, <laughs> it's a transition. And how do you, how do you get people back into the habit of doing that? that thing. And then also, depending on how you are building back your culture in your office, what are you doing so that that one or two team member in, in the meeting who are virtual don't feel like they are left out? And that can be anything from how you're actually designing the physical space to the rules and guidelines that you have uh, as an organization and the norms that you have in your organization about joining meetings digitally. I like to, we like to promote having that team's invitation on the meeting. And if you've got a virtual person, everyone has their laptops open so that they can see everyone's faces. It does make a difference. Uh, and, and making sure that that person or people, group of people who are virtual, someone's paying attention to make sure that the chat isn't going unnoticed, that the hands raised are addressed so that you can still continue to innovate together as a group. Well said. And of course, the free swag and, and the free food are always added incentives. <laughs> It, it is so true, and we just happen to see more people in the office on those days, and it, and it makes it fun, and it and and you need some fun. Um, it, there's that there's a fine balance of forced fun and meaningful experiences, and so free food always is makes people feel good, but also. The other thing that makes people feel good and feel value in coming into the office and some of the things that may be lost from a cultural standpoint when you're not in the office is this idea of connection, mentoring, building relationships with people, and education. So one of the things that we're really focusing on is how do we create development experiences? How do we make our leaders into better and stronger leaders? And how do we use some of the expertise that we have within our own building? We've got a fantastic executive leadership team that has all volunteered to lead different sessions, teaching us more about the thing that got them into that 
seat that's open to everyone. We have our leadership team having connects in smaller groups with our team members in person and listening and asking questions. All of those things provide opportunities for people, and particularly thinking about how you're onboarding the newest members of your organization, particularly if those team members are new to the work world. What kind of support are you providing to bring them along and create that engagement and connection? Mm. And even at a mid-career higher level, helping people find the fastest path to building their social capital. Because when you have your new hires coming in through training program from early on in their careers, they're taught how to build those connections at a peer level and then with leadership and mentoring opportunities, it can be really tricky if you have to figure out how to do that on your own when you're a seasoned vet coming in to a new and strange culture, if you will. So we're seeing, <laughs> we're seeing the notion of inboarding alongside onboarding, really taking a hold such that the onboarding side is everything that the enterprise is laying in terms of foundation for both the new career hires as well as uh, mid-career. But then the inboarding side is taking the business slice of those activities and creating a framework for that to happen in a hybrid world, because very often you hear stories of people who are left at their desks and don't have lunch partners or don't know how to navigate the organization unless they just figure out how to you know, muscle through it on their own. Right. And you've got to think about what it would be like if you joined an organization and the only thing that you saw was the meetings that had for the work that you had to get done and your computer screen. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have any additional ways to connect and, and, and find your way throughout the organization. It would be frustrating and it probably leads to people not staying within your organization for very long because there's nothing to your organization in terms of culture and connection for that, for that individual. Mm -hmm. As you and your team are operating day to day, of course, there are lots of different external factors coming into play. And you talked about technology as one example. And certainly when we take a wider lens, you know, we hear about all of the new technologies that are starting to challenge us at a next stage level, whether it's, you know, how things like chat GPT have impacted the essay and writing or how artificial intelligence is impacting how recruiting and learning are happening. So if we just take a step back for a moment, what do you think are some of the biggest opportunities and challenges ahead, particularly for communicators uh, at large and for dominoes in particular? It's a great question, and and it's interesting that you're talking about all of this interesting new tech. I played around with that chat GVT, just curious to see, and it is it is amazing of what the power of some of these tools can do. But I think that for all of these things, 
all of these things are opportunities to compete, to make it easy for more information to get out and fill up the brain space of all the people that we're trying to connect with. They can be used for good to help us get our jobs done and get things done faster. But I think the business of an internal communicator in particular isn't so much about cranking out a whole bunch of information. It's, it is about knowing and understanding the new technology so that you can make best use of it to help you get your job done easier in an easier way. But it's really about filtering. It's about filtering out the right messages at the right time to the right people. So you probably don't want to let your bot go crazy and fill up everyone's box. What you want to do is make sure that you understand the technology so that you can use it for good to help support it. But really, it's about filtering out the content so that the right stuff comes out on the top. One of the things that I learned early on at my career at Domino's, because this is an incredibly fast paced business with lots of information and lots of constant change. We frustrated our end users by providing them with all of that information and constant change. It was our job to filter that that, and using those tools to not share everything, but share the important things on the right tools and push the important things in the right tools. And I think that's going to be important part of the strategy for every communicator always is, is figuring out the best way to do that for their organization. And that's such salient advice. I think when we look at the employee experience, we have to provide the right information filtered to your point that um, is fit for purpose, whether our employees are heads down at a moment, they need to be part of a heads up conversation, connecting with others, or they're on the go. And and certainly when you think about your franchisees, they're always on the go. Mm-hmm. Depending on that context, you need different things. But ultimately, in telling stories, we need to be very clear about what we want people to think, feel, or do as a result of being in the flow of information or conversation. Absolutely. If if you're not thinking about how you're building out your messages with that end in mind, then you are going to be caught on the wave of order taking and you won't have any strategy in your communication and your your audience will stop listening because it's just too much. And you're not the only input. You're not the only person pushing messages down to them inside and outside of work. They're they're full. One of the things that we do at Domino's is that every single corporate team member has the opportunity uh, to work in the pizza store for a week. And once you do that, you realize, okay, this is, this, that, that experience greatly shortened every single message I sent out to the franchise community because knowing what a store experience is makes you shift. One, it gives you great appreciation for the hard work it takes to run the store. But two, it also gives you great appreciation for the time that 
someone has to stop and process information. So as you're thinking about what tools to use and how to push down, put yourself in the shoes of the person that you're, you're communicating with and think about all of those, all of the tech, both professional and personal that that person's exposed to and what really matters and think about that great content for those things that really drive people to what you want them to think, know, or do or feel when they're finished and, and, and limit yourself to that stuff. Well, you know, that certainly hones in on the empathy factor and really bringing to life the importance of having that wider context for how the world really works inside of dominoes on a day-to-day basis and ensuring that the approach to the employee experience is not an ivory tower exercise. A hundred percent. And I think as you're building out your, your tech stack, the other thing that you need to think about is what tools do you have that allow you to listen to the voices of your team members at all levels of the organization? How do they give you input back? How do you listen? I often hear engagement surveys. Great. What are you doing in the in-between moments? Is there a place where people can actually provide you with words and feedback? Is there a place where people can ask questions? You've got to have those tools that help you measure and, and track to make sure that you're headed in the right direction. But you also have to have tools that allow you to just engage in conversation. Mm-hmm. And having both is important. And ensuring that that's part of the continuing story. I can't tell you how many times we've had applications come through for digital workplace of the year or modern intranet of the year. And part of the story is we involved our users at the start when we were getting ready to launch and we're waiting for the rest of the story that hasn't come that says, you know, what's your active listening post on an ongoing basis so that you stay connected with new issues or changing needs and all the rest. Exactly. And what we found is that sometimes there's a connection at a store level or at a supply chain level that gives you an insight that you don't have because you're not there. We were launching a new product years ago and we had a tool that allowed the store team member to comment and said, hey, this isn't working for me. Well, we were able to call Audible and make a big change because we could send someone to investigate that, right? And knowing that you've got a way for your team member at any level of the organization to give you feedback back is helpful. So it's great that we have that as part of our platform. I have to say, I never know when I, when I ask a question around opportunities and challenges where the conversation will flow. Uh, but I think what really stood out for me is that there's a level of you saying, you know, technologies can come and go, but you really have to stay grounded in the fundamentals to ensure that you're actively listening, ensuring that empathy factor is 
feeding what you do on a rolling basis and that there has to be authenticity in terms of how you tell that purpose-driven story. And I find that refreshing. <laughs> Good. I, 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 it's important. And, and you definitely need to identify what their technologies are. And we continue to look for ways to, to, to identify the right technologies to reach our desktop workers and, and make sure that our remote team members can feel connected and engaged. But it does really come down to how you're developing your messaging and your, your, your listening just as much as, your, as, as the messages that you're pushing down to people on whatever platform you choose. Hmm. And this is the time of year where lots of people are thinking about, you know, what are their professional development plans? What are their overall employee experience agendas? Can you give us a little bit of a window into what's priority for you this year? Yes, I think for for us, it is really continuing to go down that path of making sure that we are continuing to build up our platforms to reach our front line and making sure that we're able to think about some ways to do some better measurement around some of those things. So we've heard a lot of fantastic feedback about uh, digital screens that we've pushed out to our corporate stores and our supply chain centers uh, around the U.S. And now, of course, because it's basically a digital billboard, thinking about how we can measure the impact on that beyond the anecdotal feedback that we're receiving. And also doing a better job for our existing tools of measuring what's working and what's not, not just having those measurements because we've got those, but doing a better job of sharing those measurements more broadly as we continue to look for ways that we can grow the services that we provide to the organization. I think that is always important as you look to make change and to make the connection of all of our communications better and better and better. It's it's a constant cycle. I run the same playbook over and over again because it continues to work. We just add in new tools and technologies and, and innovate with that. But it's really about knowing our audience, listening, doing great storytelling, measuring the results, and repeating it. Mm-hmm. I have to say you're in very good company in saying that measurement is is among your priorities this year. I think in part, it's a reflection of the fact that, you know, we've moved past endemic and now we are seeing recessionary pressures in uh, different locations. And I think it's it's calling upon the need to bring back the business case for investments and for demonstrating ongoing impact backed with numbers. And that's actually a very prominent theme that came up when I sat down to write predictions for the digital workplace going into 2023. That's something we at DWG have done, gosh, since 2014 or so 
uh, every year as, as a way of giving people a window into the future to, to have context for their own agendas. And so the first two pieces of research that, that we're going to be publishing in the new year look at both impact, which is the storytelling, as you've put it, and then the meaningful metrics, which are the supporting pillars that give teeth to the story. Well, I'm glad to hear that uh, we are aligned with where a lot of organizations are thinking. I think it's been it's been a crazy few years, right, for, for all of us, particularly as internal communicators. There was so much coming at us, so much response that we were doing and shifting back into being able to be proactive and setting longer-term strategy and bigger thought-leading projects is going to be important. And helping your organization, as you mentioned, you know, as the economy changes, how do you get everyone aligned on doing the right things that are really going to help drive the business and put it where it needs to be so that they can weather whatever our whatever storm the economy uh, brings us and be in a good position to do the best that you can do as a brand in that environment. And communication is going to play a key role in that no matter what organization you're in, because you want to make sure your team members are focused on the right thing. Well said. So, Stacy, I can't believe we're approaching the end of our time together. Is there a question that you are hoping I'd ask and didn't? And that's not meant to be a trick question, by the way. No. In fact, it, <laughs> it was funny. I was I was thinking about that as we were going along. And uh, it, this has been just such a great conver- conversation. I think we covered covered all of the big things that I was thinking about. I think this is uh, a year to start thinking about all the big things that we can do as internal communicators. I, I truly believe that this role can make a incredible, meaningful, and strategic impact on the business. And that as leaders within your organization are stepping up to look at the challenges that the economic environment has on on whatever business you have you're you're in a great position to to help and to support that because when an organization is running fast together in the right direction and then you're able to help tell the strategic story about where the organization's going those economic blips aren't going to have the same impact that they would if people are scattered and running in all different directions. So as communicators, helping to get everybody aligned on that, that's that's super, super important. And that's super powerful part of what we do. And that's part of why I'm so passionate about, about communication. Well, Stacy, that is a perfect way to tie a bow around this conversation. Thank you so much for coming into the studio for a fantastic chat. Um, It is very clear why you were dubbed a rock star of culture and communication. And I look forward to continuing the conversation, hopefully over a coffee one of these days. That sounds fantastic. 
Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by the Digital Workplace Group. DWG is a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com.